This is a Federal News Network podcast. The government has been using the Defense Production Act since the beginning of the pandemic, but the how has changed over time. Now many observers expect the Biden administration to broaden use of the DPA as pandemic response starts to rely less on the individual states. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni talked about what to expect with Center for Strategic and International Studies senior fellow Andrew Hunter. It's a a statute with quite a vintage going back to the 1950s, um, adopted kind of during the Cold War and during and and in the buildup of the Korean War to help coordinate uh, production for for the for war efforts, uh, and uh, you know used uh, extensively in its initial years by the Truman administration. There was a lot of lessons learned out of that. Congress scaled back some of the authorities under the law, uh, but kept it around. Found uh, usefulness in it, and um, has over the years and in the decades since then expanded it uh, towards you know, emergencies beyond war. Uh, including healthcare emergencies, homeland security emergencies, and uh, response to, to natural disasters. And of course, it's in some of those, uh, you know, obviously in the response to the pandemic that we've been seeing it in the last couple of years. And what it does is allows uh, the government to uh, allocate and prioritize production of, of critical supplies. In the case of COVID, it's been key items needed for testing like swabs, nitrile gloves, vials used uh, to hold the vaccine, uh, some of the precursor materials for both the vaccine and for pharmaceutical treatments, uh, therapeutic treatments uh, for COVID. So they've really been using it uh, across the board to help in the effort to respond to this. Getting to now in 2020 and 2021, we saw the Trump administration invoke the DPA pretty early on in the pandemic. How did we see the Trump administration using it? And you know, how did that sort of evolve throughout the Trump administration as the pandemic changed as well? They used it a fair amount at first, uh, you know, as the as the crisis hit, as it became clear that there was an emergency and President Trump declared a national emergency around COVID. Um, they were, you know, they used it quite a bit to set priorities um, and to try and get the testing, uh, trying to ramp up the government's approach to testing. Uh, and so Defense Production Act was something they used quite a bit in that regime. Uh, and they identified some shortages in PPE, for example. And so they used Defense Production Act authorities, one of which is they can actually use government money to expand supply, to, to kind of pay industry to uh, to build new factories uh, and um, and support their ability to do that, uh, they use those authorities. So uh, I would say in the initial kind of uh, push and the realization that there was an emergency happening, uh, they, they used some of the authorities of the DPA early on to spur production of PPE and to uh, try and uh, gin up uh, the system for testing. Uh, but I think it's also fair to say that the focus shifted a bit uh, and they 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 focused less on testing and uh, less on allocating PPE. Uh, decided to leave that primarily to the states and focused the federal government effort more on the vaccine. Uh, and the vaccine was not an area where vaccine development was not an area where the Defense Production Act had as much application uh, because you know the vaccine was something that didn't exist yet. Uh, <laughs> When 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 they turned their attention to it in the in the first half of 2020, uh, and the Defense Production Act is primarily about you know how do we 
expand existing production or allocate production that already exists. In the case of the vaccines, there wasn't production. So they kind of moved in a different direction and started using other things like other transaction uh, authority agreements uh, to, to spur vaccine development and vaccine production. And uh, Defense Production Act got a lot, you know, got less usage as the crisis went on. We've seen now in the past couple of weeks that President Biden has now invoked the DPA as well. And so I was wondering if you happen to know the, the nuances between, you know, why he needed to invoke it. You know, does it go from from administration to administration like that? The, the authority itself carries over. Reiterating the national emergency uh, uh, you know, definitely keeps the Defense Production Act authorities in play. Uh, it also gave them, you know, an opportunity to expand the description of the of the emergency uh you know and in this case you know there's likely to be or under the Biden administration's plan what he's hoping to accomplish is a much bigger increase in testing uh capability uh a more federally directed approach to uh vaccine distribution and to uh continuing on PPE production and uh and masks and other things so uh i think the what the Biden administration's uh, steps are about is uh, creating a more federally directed response to COVID uh, and expanding the scope of what the federal government is working on uh, to give more support to the states with testing and and um, and PPE. The Biden administration's use of the DPA is going to be evolving and we're going to see it change partly because maybe because the ideology of the administration has changed since COVID has become a, a political issue, but also because the nature of COVID itself has changed since we have a vaccine and we also are just sort of changing our, our way of looking at this disease and the, the different variants that are coming out and all that sort of thing. So what might we see in the future and, and how might that change under the Biden administration? So clearly a more centrally managed federal response where the federal government kind of uh, assigns itself uh, uh, top line responsibility uh, and says, you know, this is this is the entity. The federal government is the entity that is responsible for resolving this crisis. Uh, clearly, you know, the U.S. government's a federal system. There's still going to be state and local roles and very large roles uh, in the response. But the idea being that this now will be one where the federal government takes primary and central responsibility. Uh, and the other piece is, you know, a perception that this is this is a a situation that's not going to resolve itself by itself, you know, that only through uh, significant government efforts uh, is the crisis going to be brought under control. Uh, you know, with the, with the Trump administration, and this is something President Trump articulated multiple times, there was this sense that, you know, we needed to endure this, but eventually, you know, the crisis would pass and it would kind of pass a little bit on its own. Uh, and so they did engage in activities. You know, they did they did a lot with the DPA uh, to try and uh, deal with the crisis uh, on a you know month to month basis. But there was always this sense that the solution was not a government solution. It was you know that the you know that the private sector and the, the nature of the virus would eventually uh, it would it would die down. Uh, I think with the Biden administration, there's very much a sense that only through a uh, concerted government effort uh, is, you know, is the is the crisis truly going to be managed and and ultimately resolved. And so I think they're going to stick with it. Uh, they're not just going to say, OK, you know, once all these vaccines are distributed and we've 
got 70% of the population immunized, you know, government, you know, dust our hands off, we're done. Uh, I think they're going to continue to manage to focus on surveillance of the various variants uh, to ensure that you can follow up the vaccine, because, of course, we don't know at this point uh, how long uh, the, the protection that the vaccine provides will last. And so they're going to be looking at this as a multi-year effort uh, that isn't going to be over anytime soon. Andrew Hunter, a senior fellow at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, speaking with Federal News Network Scott Mossioni. Check out Scott's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.